Rhino, rhino feeder. Oh, I, 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 I was dreaming about muffins. Greetings, gamers. Muffins. I'm Bedroth. And I'm Shoot Kapow. Muffins. And you're listening to Very Good Music, Muffins. a VGM podcast. Muffins. I wake up every morning feeling awesome. Even though I slept on the remote again last night. Ow! Time to tear up another day. This strong bad freaking way. Like an imploding star, like a burning car. My style shines so bright. Please stop trying to handle my style. Cause you can't. No, you can't. Uh, handle my style. Seriously, quit trying to handle my style. Unless you're a lady. Then you're cordially invited to have a giant slice of my style. Welcome back to the show. Tonight, I am joined by my son, Shoot Kapow. Hi. And of course, I am Ben Roth, as you just heard in the intro. And we are going to be taking you through a series of songs that were composed for characters or games about characters who are, well, let's say they fit a certain description in relation to the protagonists of the games that they originated from. Of course, I am talking about rivals, rogues, and frenemies. Before we get into our show, I have a little bit of top of the show business to attend to. First of all, my son and I are both battling something of a head cold that has made its way through our family this week. So if that comes through on any of the audio, we apologize. Second of all, I want to give a big thank you and a shout out to some folks over on a couple of the communities that I have become a part of. I had a few folks reach out to me from both the Geek Aid community, um, specifically Dean DeFalco or the Vest Lord, and also from the VG Embassy community, uh, most specifically Ed Wilson, who I've talked about a couple of times on this show. So to Ed and Dean specifically, but also just to everybody in those communities who pitched in with advice for how to maybe improve some of the audio or improve some of my equipment. Really, really appreciate it. Thanks so much. And also, both of us enjoy your podcasts. So, starting out the show tonight, we actually had a pair of songs for you. The first one is from a wonderful game based on a wonderful property called Strong Bad's Cool Game for Attractive People. And Chukapow, do you know what property that game was based on? Um, HomestarRunner.net. It's dot com. com. <laughs> yes, Homestar Runner. Originally HomestarRunner.com, and now just Homestar it's Runner on YouTube. Com. The game was composed by Matt and Mike Chapman, who were the co-creators of the Homestar website way back in the day. And I mean way back in the day, like when I was in college almost 20 years ago. That game has been around since 2008. It was published and developed by Telltale, 
who is well known for their amazing point-and-click adventures, which this game was. It was originally released on the Wii, the PS3, and the PC. And what was that second track that we had playing us in? That was The Rival from Shovel Knight. Shovel Knights, published by Yacht Club Games in 2014 and composed by... Jake Kaufman. Jake Kaufman. And, wow, what a track to get us into this evening. I also wanted to thank a lot of our friends and listeners who wrote in with some suggestions. You'll be hearing a few of their names tonight because a lot of their picks coincided with ours. And I also have a special treat in store for you later on in the show. Also something to help keep us from rambling a little bit. For each of the characters that I picked tonight, and some of the characters that I felt like Shoot Kapow might be picking because I know him pretty well, I have looked up some official bios that we're going to be reading from, because, well, rivalry is something that's a little bit hard to define. Um, you've got classic rivals in characters like Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z, or Ken from Street Fighter 2. Sometimes rivals are not, they might start out as antagonists like Vegeta did, or they might start out as friends and companions like Ken did. But in some sense, they challenge the hero to become a better or stronger person. When you think of rivalry, Shoot Kapow, who do you think of? Not necessarily just in video games, but just in general. Um, well, really, I just think of, like, characters like Shadow and Proto Man. Shadow is probably one of the more famous rivals nowadays, and Proto Man... Mega Man has lots of rivals. <laughs> <laughs> we could probably populate pretty much a whole show with just songs about Mega Man rivals. Well, and Mega Man X rivals, and Mega Man Volnut rivals, and, you know, Star Force Mega Man, and yeah. all those different Mega Men. How come there's never been a Mega Woman? Well, there's been Splash Woman. I guess that's the closest we're going to get for a while. Yeah, I guess. I do think there was some kind of spin-off game, but anyway, I'm, I'm rambling. So, um, as the yin to Shovel Knight's yang, the Black Knight calls nobody master. Clad in obsidian armor, he hounds Shovel Knight to the ends of the earth, spoiling for a battle. The Black Knight's skill with the Shovel Blade rivals that of Shovel Knight, or so the Black Knight hopes to prove. While Shovel Knight is confused as to why he has this mysteriously relentless doppelganger, no number of humiliating defeats by Shovel Knight could dampen the Black Knight's spirit. He will always rise up to fight again. And that is from the official Yacht Club Games bio. So that was my first pick of the evening, Shukapal. What do you have for yours? Alright, to follow that up, I have Battle with Kratos from Tales of Symphonia, of released course. in 2003. Published by Namco for the GameCube and PlayStation 4, and composed by Motoi Sakuraba. PlayStation 4? In 2003? Oh, PlayStation 2. Uh, PlayStation okay. 2. That sounds a little more like it. I don't know any of these non-Nintendo consoles.
and that was Battle with Kratos from Tales of Symphonia, released in 2003 and composed by Motoi Sakuraba. Motoi Sakuraba. <laughs> the man who composed everything. I should have known that you would pick something here. Um, so, yeah, the Tales series. You know, I always saw this guy's name and thought it was Kratos. And <laughs> I wondered if it was no. some kind of, like, crazy crossover <laughs> with God of War. So I know nothing about this series. I'm going to let you do the talking. All right. This is a series that is actually pretty big in Japan, but not so much in America. It's actually one of the three best-selling series in Japan. As I've said before, I really want the main character of Tales of Symphonia, Lloyd Irving, to be in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. <laughs> well, we will see what happens with the second fighter's pass. So, who is Kratos, and how is he a rival to Lloyd? Alright, so Kratos is a mercenary that helps you in the first part of the game. He helps you reach the Tower of Salvation to, like, um, basically sort of save the world, quote-unquote. Okay. Um, in the first part of the game. Yeah. Okay. Um, he is an expert swordsman, a fact that makes Lloyd <laughs> angry. The only thing that he really does throughout the beginning of the game is protect Colette, because that's what he's assigned to do. But hmm. um, as the journey progresses, Kratos begins to open up a little, giving hints about a past where he made a terrible mistake. Um, ah, classic anti-hero stuff. Yeah, <laughs> um, he helped stop a thousand-year war along with Mythos Yggdrasil, I think, yeah. Yggdrasil? Like the World yeah. Tree Yggdrasil? <laughs> no, like the, the guy. Okay. It's it's kind of weird. Okay. Um, so who is Colette? Um, she is the Chosen of Regeneration, which is basically someone who is chosen, like, every few years to, like, go to the Tower of Salvation and kind of, like, sort of balance the two worlds, Silverant and Tethayala, and just kind of get, like, the mana flow, which is kind of magic. Okay. This like, is sort of balanced getting really complicated. Um, yeah. So basically... You kind of need to play the game to understand it. Okay, so but, but basically Kratos is a mercenary who joins the team. He's a really good sword fighter, and Lloyd's a sword fighter, so that annoys Lloyd. <laughs> but then as time goes on, he becomes a sort of like tragic, flawed figure. And I'm guessing that his significance is kind of bigger later in the story. Yeah, a uh, bit of a spoiler warning here. Um... For a 17-year-old game that if you wanted to play it, you should have played it by now. But yes, <laughs> spoiler alert for Tales of Symphonia. If you don't want to hear about it, skip ahead a minute and a half or so. So, at the Tower of Salvation the first time, Kratos reveals that he is an angel. Uh, one of the Crucius angels who is basically trying to like stop Lloyd and the others from releasing all of the seals from the summon spirits. And that basically makes like a giant tree or something appear, I don't know, it, like, kills a bunch of stuff, and they stop it afterward, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> the Tales games are kind of hard to explain. <laughs> gotcha. But, um, yeah, and then you fight him, and you, uh, like... So at some point you do fight him, because now he's trying to stand in the way of your quest for reasons. Yeah. Okay, so does he have any kind of, like, deeper connection to Lloyd or anything? Um, yes. He is We actually... gave our spoiler warning, okay. so... So, yeah, Kratos is actually Lloyd's father, and when this is revealed, Lloyd is in denial, but um, later some stuff happens, and uh, just just play the hmm. game, people. A father who is a very strong and powerful knight 
who is a rival to his son, who is also a hero and kind of a knight. Hmm, that sounds a little bit familiar. Hmm, Lloyd, <laughs> I am your father. No, it's not possible! No, okay, so this is obviously <laughs> different no, enough from Star Wars. Your hand and kick but, you off the tower and make you go to a different dimension. I mean, yeah, when George Lucas was writing Star Wars, things. he was basically leaning hard into every archetype that there is. So <laughs> that's why so many stories are like Star Wars. Well, the song was really good. Uh, we've already gone on for quite a few minutes, but um, yeah. Sakuraba has his own distinctive style. Is this going to be our ramble for the episode? Probably. Um, hopefully we don't have too many more, but we'll see how it goes. I we might Mega Man to be the ramble for the episode. We might cut our spoiler. Man, this <laughs> ramble is full of spoilers. Um, I don't want this to run too long, but we will see how it goes. Um, Sakuraba has his own kind of style, that sort of rock combined with, um, you know, the, his Japanese roots and everything. I mean, I know why you picked the song, because we're picking rival themes. Also, but, this is a good theme. I like how it sort of changes into a 3-4 midway through the song. And then it does. It has forward. kind of different uh, movements in the song, which I think would lend itself to a pretty dynamic fight. And it sounds like this is a pretty big moment in the game, so that makes sense. Also, well, when you fight Kratos, you're kind of not meant to win that battle, so it's really hard. Ah, gotcha. And okay. then if you do win that battle, the fight that comes after is, like, impossible, so... Well, my next track is almost kind of like a rival within a rival. My buddy Brian, over from Level Down Games, one of the hosts of the BG Mania podcast, responded to my email asking for rivals with a song from Ace Attorney Investigations' Miles Edgeworth. This is a game that was developed for the DS, published by Capcom in 2009, and Miles Edgeworth is Phoenix Wright's rival in the Ace Attorney games. Well, in this game, Edgeworth is investigating a murder, and there is another character who becomes a pretty major player in this game named Kay Faraday. Kay Faraday is energetic, curious, and cheeky, as described by the Ace Attorney wiki. She is not really a rival to Edgeworth, although their relationship is sort of fraught, especially at the beginning. So Kay's friend Dick Gumshoe becomes the prime suspect of a murder, and in anger, she kicks Miles Edgeworth in the shin and runs away, dropping a Swiss roll in the process which I guess she was going to eat. Mm -hmm. uh, she later tries to ambush Edgeworth again in the courtroom, but he catches her. Um, the shock of her father's death begins to overwhelm her. As she says out loud that she is not going to cry, she bursts into tears. Afterwards, she blows her nose on Edgeworth's cravat and explains that she had made promises to her father. Uh, he, she explains this by giving Edgeworth a promise notebook. In return, he gives Kay his drenched cravat, uh, telling her that she's just borrowing it and will have to return it, and also gives her back her Swiss roll. <laughs> <laughs> Kay becomes sort of Edgeworth's sidekick. She makes observations about crime scenes, points out how valuable some of the objects are, jokes about stealing some of them, <laughs> much to Edgeworth's distress, and becomes pivotal in helping him solve some of his cases. This is the theme of Kay Faraday, composed by Noriyuki Iwadari, and Yasuko Yamada.
And that was Kay Faraday, the Great Truth Burglar, from Ace Attorney Investigations, Miles Edgeworth. Thanks, Brian, for your suggestion. I had already come across this particular track, but you were the one who helped cement it as part of my playlist. And I'm glad I did, because it's really different from a lot of the other stuff on my list. I have some kind of rocking tunes, and also some slower, more thoughtful tunes, but this is probably the most fun tune on my playlist. With one possible exception, but it's really, really, really good. It definitely fits that sort of um, energetic, <laughs> curious, and cheeky flavor that the wiki talked about for Kay Faraday. I liked the sort of Japanese feel to it. Um, what did you think, Shukapau? Uh, I liked it. It was a pretty fun tune. Not that much to say about it. Have you ever heard of Noriyuki Iwadari? Uh, no, actually. You are going to hear more about him as we go through this podcast. Uh, maybe not this episode, but definitely as we move throughout. He was a pretty big name, especially back in the day, and he's still composing to this day, as far as I, as far as I know. But since we went so long on the last round, why don't we just go ahead and move into your next track? All right. I have Meta Knight's Revenge from Kirby Superstar Ultra, released in 2008 for the DS, composed by Jun Ishikawa. It was also released by Nintendo. Yes. Yeah. And this one was, uh, you didn't know this before you picked it, but it was actually recommended by one of my buddies in the Super Mark Hutto Bros fan family, uh, Forrest Shamlian. So, mm -hmm. Forrest, thank you for the suggestion. Meta Knight is definitely an iconic rival. For that matter, so is King DDD, um, because he, while he was Kirby's main antagonist in a couple of games, he's also sometimes allied with Kirby, which was Return one of the... Land, the best one. Yeah, which was um, one of the sort of rules that I had for this. Uh, big bosses and mid-bosses didn't really fit, so... Like, even though Bowser has allied with Mario a couple of times in the RPGs, he is Mario's main antagonist, <laughs> so he couldn't really be considered a rival for Mario in the same way that DDD is for Kirby. I guess he's sort of in between, like, the scale of DDD to Ganondorf on the rival versus enemy list. That's also why I wouldn't let you pick Midboss Mayhem from Mario <laughs> and Rabbids, because <laughs> Bowser Jr. is not a rival. I, I will have it on here. Um, I we, will pick that. Eventually, I'm sure it will fit very well into a future episode, and it is a very good song. But for now, let's get into your track. Um, what is it again? Um, I have Meta Knight's Revenge from Kirby Superstar Ultra.
And we're back. That was Meta Knight's Revenge from Kirby Superstar Ultra, released by Nintendo for the Nintendo DS in 2008 and composed by Jun Ishikawa. Um, so you mentioned that you really like this theme and know it well. I do. I probably first heard it, actually, in the reveal trailer for the first four new characters of Super Smash Bros. Brawl. Ah, that game. <laughs> uh, released back in 2008, and I, I probably saw that trailer in 2007 or 2006, but Meta Knight was the first new character revealed for Brawl, and this, uh, I believe, was what played in the background when he was revealed. Um, I first experienced Meta Knight when I played Kirby's Adventure back in the early 90s on the NES, because he was one of the bosses, although I didn't know that's what he was called until much later. So, why did you pick Meta Knight over King DDD? Because, well, Meta Knight is more of the rival, anti-hero type, and King DDD is... While he is more of a frenemy to Kirby, he is also the main antagonist of most of the earlier Kirby games. Right, and Meta Knight's never, he's never been the main bad guy, unless he's been corrupted by some cosmic force, yeah, or... like Dark Moon Knight and Amazing Mirror. ...is working for DDD, but he always seems to have kind of his own agenda. And I guess, really, in a thematic way, he's kind of a rival to Kirby, because Kirby is this, you know, light-hearted, sort of carefree, childish creature... And Meta Knight is this super dark, super serious, like, th they're obviously trying to play him off as an edgelord, and yet he's also, spoiler alert, behind the mask, he's a Kirby. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, did you want to read the uh, little blurb I found from the Kirby wiki? <laughs> Alright, yes. Um, Revenge of Meta Knight is a sub-game in Kirby Superstar and Superstar Ultra which is more of like a series of games, like with Dynablade and the Great Cave Offensive. A lot of classic music came out of this game, yes. but um, yeah, it's really kind of a series and of mini-games. And a huge Smash Bros. stage. Yes. Um, uh, so this sub-game reveals that Meta Knight hates laziness to the point where he's willing to take over Dreamland just to end what he perceives as a lazy lifestyle. <laughs> However, it also shows Meta Knight's caring side, as when Kirby is destroying the Halberd, Meta Knight orders his crew to abandon ship um, in hopes that they will not get hurt. Due to Meta Knight's way of doing things and his often hidden intentions, the relationship between Kirby and Meta Knight is unpredictable in nature and range from being bitter rivals to being steadfast allies to one another and can change at a moment's notice. Yep, that sounds about right. And then Return to Dreamland is the best game. Return to Dreamland is a very good game. It wasn't the first Kirby game you played, though. <laughs> yeah, that was like Epic Yarn or something. Epic Yarn. Um, for those of you who have kids, uh, definitely a great game to start out uh, your kids with. It's got great music, a really charming aesthetic. It's fun enough for adults to play, but it's also really accessible for kids. So, switching to a game and a track which are pretty much the opposite of Kirby. This is from a series called Guilty Gear, which I believe is based on an anime. I'm actually not entirely sure which came first, but I know that this song was suggested to me by one of my best friends named Jeff Wilson. I'll talk a little bit more about the game when we come back. This particular song is the song that plays in Guilty Gear XX when the main character, Soul Bad Guy, fights, and yes, I'm not making up that name, fights his rival, Kai Kisuke. 
Uh, Guilty Gear XX was developed by Arc System Works, famous for the Guilty Gear series, the Blaze Blue series, and they've acquired several others over the years. It was published in 2002 for Arcade and PlayStation 2. The song is Noontide. That was Noontide from Guilty Gear XX, composed by Daisuke Ishiwatari. Jeff writes, the main character is a guy named Soul Bad Guy, who's a human, but also a prototype of the magical bioweapons known as Gears. People don't like Gears. There was a war. Kaikisuke is his old friend from the Sacred Order of Holy Knights. But the general tension between them is that Kai wants Soul to play by the rules, and Soul's like, no. <laughs> other times they just have friendly fights with each other to train up kind of like Ryu and Ken yeah. apparently Soul and Kai even have a special third theme that only plays when they both fight each other yes they do Jeff at least in Guilty Gear XX I don't know how it really evolves in other games I did look up some other ones and this is the one that I liked the best as my son said it is very wow <laughs> anything in particular stick out to you about this one um, well, it sounds kind of like Battle with Kratos, which we just heard a yep. while ago. A little bit. It's got that same sort of rocking energy. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about Daisuke Ishiwatari. Um, one of the podcasts I listened to did a Guilty Gear sort of focus one time, and the music in this series is fantastic. I think that Ishiwatari 
is the driving force behind a lot of what is in the Guilty Gear games. I don't know if it's like a one-man show type thing. It certainly doesn't look like it's on the same level of production as something like Undertale or Cave Story, as impressive as those games are. This one, th these games can just be gorgeous. I've heard that the, the play style is very smooth, and the music is just, it's all way over the top, super cool stuff like this. So, yeah, that was my next track. What do you have for us? Mm. Who is the next rival who is going to rival up our rivalry here? Mm. <laughs> okay. I have Magus. Ha, okay. I knew it was coming at some points. Magus. So, I guess we'll go on our next ramble when we come back from this. Alright, this is Battle with Magus, also known as Magus's theme. And this... Nah. Okay, so this theme was in Chrono Trigger, which was released in 1995 for the SNES, which was amazing. Yes, it and was. And composed by the amazing... Well, the, it's like the one you know the best, and you're stumbling yeah. all over your words. <laughs> okay, composed by an amazing composer, Yasunori Mitsuda. Amazing! Let's get into it! Okay. That was Battle with Magus, also known as Magus' theme from Chrono Trigger, released in 1995 for the SNES, and composed by Yasunori Mitsuda. A black wind howls. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting for this moment. Dark matter! <laughs> oh man, Magus is a great, great character. <laughs> And this, just, oh, this whole, this whole scene, like the whole, the build up to it, and then finally you're fighting Magus, and it's not even halfway through the game, <laughs> and, but it feels like you've just been on this epic journey, and, well, you talk. Yeah, so, you first encounter Magus, um, you've been hearing about the war with Magus, and, uh, in your time, it was 400 years ago, and you'd been hearing about it since the beginning of the game, uh, an NPC mentions it, like five minutes after you wake up, <laughs> and then when you go back 400 years in the past, the war with Magus is still going on, you cross the bridge, go to a mystic's village in your own time, and you do a bunch of stuff. Um, then when you get to his castle, his three generals 
Ozzy, Flea, and Slash <laughs> try to basically stop you, but they fail. Um, I Ozzy love that, their hench- that his henchmen are all named after, like, famous rock stars. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ozzy does some, like, traps and stuff because he's too afraid to actually fight you himself. And, and Flea um, he does, actually does a weird... the, their magic. <laughs> yeah. And then Slash does his epic sword stuff. Uh, yeah. He actually then, has Wind Slash. And then it is or finally... Just slash and and also Ozzy does a little Donkey Kong thing. Did you forget about that? A... I did forget about that with yeah. the barrels. Yeah. But then oh the scene with Magus is so incredible. Just have you have you gotten there in your to... playthrough yet? Uh yeah, I actually did a like a few weeks ago. So anybody who hasn't experienced this naturally, either watch a playthrough and get to this point or play through it yourself and get to this point because it defies words. It doesn't matter that it's in 16-bit graphics. It's just amazing. It's amazing. So why is Magus on also, the list of? Um, somehow my sister knows this. Theme. <laughs> so why is Magus on our list of rivals when everything you've set up this point makes it sound like he's an enemy? After the fight with Magus, um, he was trying to raise Lavos, the um, uh, world-ending threat. Yeah. Yeah. And um. Up until this point, the main characters thought that Magus had created Lavos, but he actually came, he, it, actually came from space in prehistoric times, which is where uh, they go next. Okay. So they sort of fall out of a portal, meet Ayla, the best character. Um, a bunch of stuff happens, and then back to Magus. Yeah. Uh, Magus meets you in the Dark Ages in the original SNES version. I think it was like Antiquity in the DS version, which is mm-hmm. superior. <laughs> um, uh, I had to play the SNES version because, you know, the DS version was kind of weird because of that second screen. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, he joins you and you, um, just, like, uh, play through and then you... Eventually he joins your party, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, and that actually is an option. You don't have to take the option for Magus to join your party, but, I mean, why would you not? Magus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that we are going to go from an older classic theme... To a newer, well, if the theme itself is not classic, the character has definitely become so. This was a little bit difficult for me to pick as a track. I was originally going to go with a different track from this game, actually an unused track called Who I Am, but instead I decided to go with a track called The Chosen One. Both of these tracks, I believe, were performed by the band Crush 40 who famously performed in a lot of Sonic games. This, however, is not a Sonic game. This is a game about Sonic's, I guess, most recently added rival. He has had several over the years. And he has become, kind of upsettingly to me, the most famous of Sonic's rivals. From Shadow the Hedgehog, published in 2005, this is The Chosen One.
And that was The Chosen One, composed by Tomoya Otani from Shadow the Hedgehog, published by Sega in 2005 for the PS2, GameCube, and Xbox 360. And I went with The Chosen One for a couple of reasons over who I am. One, the name of the show is Very Good Music. And Shukapau, what is our number one rule? Everything has to be very good music. So, I went with the song that I really did think was the better song. Even though Who Am I, I think, is a little bit more evocative of Shadow's who character. I? Who am I? What are you even I mean, saying? who I am. is a little more evocative of Shadow's character. Uh, the Chosen One does sort of fit the bill as well, and it just has a little bit better sound to it. The other reason I went with The Chosen One is because it was also recommended by Brian over from Level Down Games, as he referenced Shadow as a pretty major rival in the video game landscape. And Shukapau, you were saying that this game also had some other composers as well? Um, yes, it was also composed by Jun Sunoe, Yutaka Minobe, and Mariko Nanba. Okay, I should have remembered the name Jun Sunoe. Uh, he was responsible for, uh, has been responsible for most of the Sonic music um, ever since, well, the release of the first games after Sonic and Knuckles, like the Sonic Adventure games and stuff like that. He is, to a lot of people, sort of symbolic of the new era of Sonic music, which is not everybody's thing, um, but he is a very strong composer. And this one by Ot Otani is also really good. Um, I know it's not exactly your cup of tea, but it's kind of nostalgic to me because for a kid who grew up in the 90s, um, this is just straight out of that sort of alternative rock scene that was really popular between 95 and 2005. And, uh, like, it really, it could have just been played on the radio. So as our second track with vocals, and the first one I brought, it's not too bad. It's a pretty good song. I think for some people it could even be described as a very good song. Shadow, I have come to a sort of grudging respect for Shadow. He is not my favorite character, although I do think he is the second most popular character after Tails in the Sonic um, sort of sidekick pantheon. He's a typical mysterious brooding anti-hero. While his ultimate goal is to protect the world from danger, he dislikes humanity, and once he has set a goal, he does whatever it takes to accomplish it. This often puts him at odds with Sonic. Shadow allies with Sonic in some games, but also occasionally with series antagonist Dr. Eggman. That was from Wikipedia, and I think it pretty well sums up why I thought Shadow was perfect for the Rivals, Rogues, and Frenemies episode. But that was my pick. What do you have for us next? I think I'm going to go with a series that I have mentioned before that I love. 
we are going to be hearing the rival theme and final battle champion theme from Pokemon Red and Blue, released <laughs> in 1996 by Nintendo for the Game Boy and composed by Junichi Masuda. And that was Rival Battle slash Champion Battle from Pokemon Red and Blue, released in 1996 by Nintendo for the Game Boy and composed by Junichi Masuda. Well, we said that we were going to be bringing you guys some classic rivalries today, and I guess it doesn't get much more classic than this. Or Pokemon... Yeah, so as Forrest mentioned when he recommended this one to us, even though I'm pretty sure it was already on Shoot Kapow's mind, he referenced the rival as Gary Oak, and I think that the Dyad also called him Gary, even though his name is never mentioned in the game as far as I know. Technically it's Blue, I think. I think that Red and Blue might actually have come, like, later. I don't know. You know more about this than I do. So. I mean, that's what it is in the game, so. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So why there's, is he There's called... like a list of names sort of like in Earthbound, um, and the default one, like, the one at the top is blue. Ah, okay. Okay, cool, that makes sense. So, why is he called Gary, then? Well, because of the anime. Of course. Anime! Alright, so, talking about Dragon the music Ball. itself, this is, a uh, this is pretty classic. This is pure retro chiptune goodness right here. I think, uh, I don't know, I don't know a whole lot about Pokemon battle music. Um, what is your favorite Pokemon battle music? I know what my favorite Pokemon song is. It's the Skyro Bridge theme from Pokemon yes. Black and White. <laughs> but I don't really have a favorite Pokemon battle theme. I only really recently got into Pokemon again after several years. <laughs> yeah. What's um, My favorite battle theme is probably either the friend theme, friend battle theme, which is basically the rival battle theme from Gen 6, or... That was X and Y? Yeah. Okay. Um, or the uh, trainer battle theme from Gen 5. Okay. Because okay. Gen 5. Yes, because you love everything about Gen 5. 
All right. Well, I really like this, and um, I was glad I was able to find both the intro and the actual fight for you. It kind of, um, at least based on the descriptions that I read, it seemed to reflect two like different ends of your rivalry with this character. So why don't you talk a little bit about about that? Well, what's where do these two themes show up in the game? All right. So um, the first one shows up when the rival is just like they're not actually fighting you, but like monologuing or whatever, talking to you. Okay. Um, and then the other one is the champion theme, which plays when, spoiler alert, you fight your rival as the final boss. Okay. I kind of figured, but... I think that might actually have been the only Pokemon game to have your rival be the champion. In Gen 5, it was N, but mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't really... I oh, don't think he really counts. End's theme is really epic, too. Yeah. I like End's theme. And then End's Farewell is sort of based on the love theme from Mother 3. Because based. I'm pretty sure... Wasn't it the same? Wasn't it the same composer? I saw a video about that. Tonight. Mother Three's composer was Shogo Sakai. Hmm. I don't know if he ever did anything on the Pokemon series, but well, you can't uh, you can't find any Pokemon stuff. But uh, he does seem to have composed quite a bit in the Kirby series. We're going from one classic rivalry to another. Uh, neither of these are as classic as like Mega Man Proto Man or Kirby Meta Knight, really. But they are both definitely up there in the pantheon of gaming rivalries now. The first one, as you just heard, from 1996 was from Pokemon. This one, from a mere six years later, is from a much more modern-sounding game. This is from Kingdom Hearts, released in 2002 by Square Enix and composed by Yoko Shimomura on the PlayStation 2. This is the theme of Riku. That change of pace right there was the theme of Riku from Kingdom Hearts, composed by Yoko Shimomura. And this, from the Kingdom Hearts wiki, tells us a little about that character. During Kingdom Hearts in particular, Riku has a strong competitive streak. He shows his competitive side when he challenges Sora, saying that his heart is stronger than his friend's. Due to the influence that Maleficent has on him, Riku also becomes increasingly jealous of Sora. When he realizes that Sora has acquired new friends in the form of Donald and Goofy, Riku feels that he has been replaced. His jealousy grows when he learns that Sora owns a Keyblade. This jealousy results in numerous fights with his former friends throughout Kingdom Hearts, and opens the door for Ansem, Seeker of Darkness, to possess him. He eventually snaps out of it, and feels tremendous guilt and remorse for all he had done. 
That definitely sounds like a rival story to me. Yep. It also shows kind of the dark side of where rivalry can take you. Um, we've talked about sort of friendly rivalries so far on the show. We've talked about the more general, just sort of rival from a distance, like uh, Black Knight and Shovel Knight, who's kind of mysterious. And uh, now this one, where they started out as really good friends with uh, sort of a healthy competitiveness between them that was then corrupted by an outside force. The song, I think, really sort of echoes that, that sense of tragedy in this. What do you think? Well, uh, yeah, I know what to say that hasn't already been said. You recognize that this song's in three, four time. I called it kind of a dark waltz. But, yeah. So what was the main instrument in this song? Uh, wasn't it, like, piano? It was piano. And that happens to be Shimomura's, um, like, main instruments. Uh, she actually studied to be a pianist, and, um, I think that being a pianist is a really good sort of gateway into composition, because I feel like in a lot of ways, piano players have to know the most about theory in order to play their instrument. What have you got for us next? More Shimomura. <laughs> More Shimomura. All right. I'll never say no to that. I'm bringing in Ken's theme from Street Fighter 2, released in 1991 for the SNES and... So we're playing the SNES version. Yeah. What was this originally released for? Uh, like arcade? Yes. <laughs> um, and we'll talk a little bit about some of the different versions when we come back, but for now, here's Ken's theme, which of course we could not have a rivalry episode without. <laughs> Enjoy. Alright, um, that was actually the Smash 4 version of Ken's theme from Street Fighter 2, um, composed by Yoko Shimomura and arranged for Smash 4 by Ryo Hamamoto. The game was released in 1991 for the SNES. Smash 4 was released quite some time later. <laughs> yeah, um, it had some really great Street Fighter remixes in it. Uh, I really, really enjoyed Vega's theme, actually, in that one. And I think that Yoko Shimomura actually led the arrangement of both Ryu's theme and Vega's theme, but um, this uh, Ryo Hamamoto guy, I guess, jumped in on Ken's theme. So what else has he done? 
You know? Uh, some Namco stuff. Okay, so he's like a Namco composer. That explains why he was on the Street Fighter 2. Namco. So, or why he was working on Smash. So, okay, this <laughs> this is a classic theme. It's kind of in there. There's, I don't, I can't really think of a song from Street Fighter 2 that I would say I don't like. I guess maybe Zangief Stage, Dalsim Stage, and Sagat Stage are the ones that I listen to the least often. But I like all of them. Kind of um, like Mega Man 2. But Ken's theme is definitely up up near the top. It's it's one of my favorite ones. It also sounds really similar to another song. Do you happen to know what that song is? <laughs> Isn't it Ryu's theme? <laughs> well, that, that doesn't surprise me that you went to VGM. It actually sounds like a song that was not a VGM song, but it was really popular when you were not born when i was very young so actually why don't you put your headphones in and push play on that youtube video i asked you to queue up and uh we're just going to get your reaction live The song that Shoot Kapow is listening to right now is Mighty Wings from Top Gun, <laughs> which I may play a little snippet of on here, but I'm not going to play the whole thing because licensing issues. So, uh, yeah. Do you recognize that? Yeah. <laughs> it's very similar. <clears throat> I think and the, the movie did come out before the game. I would never ever call Shimamura a hack. Uh, uh, three things here, I think. One, she studied classical piano. Uh, I don't know that this style of rock was really in her wheelhouse. So, two, as a good musician will do, she researched in different areas for the different cultures that she was trying to imitate in Street Fighter II. Ken and Guile both came from America, and so that is why their themes both sound fairly similar to some very popular American music at the time. And three, it's still very good, and it was arranged extremely well for really limited hardware, so it doesn't take anything away from Shimamura's musical talent in my book. Why did you pick Ken's theme? Was it just because of the epic rivalry? Yeah. Or was it also because you actually like it? <laughs> yeah, I, I do like it a lot. Um, um, I actually first heard this when I was watching Dan TDM when I was, like, five or something. Mm -hmm. It was, like, the first Minecraft YouTuber I watched. It was actually his playout theme that he used. That makes sense. It would be a good one. So, it's got a little bit of nostalgia value for you, but for probably very different reasons than for me. Yeah, he used to, he used to do a lot of mod reviews. Now he does, like, Minecraft Hardcore and some other games. Uh, other podcasts have done a really good job of like showcasing the differences between these songs. I'm pretty sure that Legacy Music Hour did a whole thing about SNES versus Genesis Street Fighter songs, and the Super Mercado Bros did a release of a um, a Street Fighter II like Ultimate Soundtrack Edition that Carl Brueggemann arranged using the best of like I think the Genesis, SNES, and arcade sound fonts. And those versions are really, really good. I think a lot of them, to me, are the definitive versions now of the Street Fighter II music. And in both of those episodes that I just referenced, the hosts talk a lot about the differences between these. I played you a lot of different versions of this. And yeah. finally you settled on the one from Smash, which the makes Smash sense. Smash is good. Smash is... That, that's your thing. That's your jam. 
Okay, well, I think we're gonna go from one very Japanese series to another very Japanese series that actually originated outside of video games, but has definitely sort of translated into the world of video games quite a bit. There have been a lot, a lot, a lot of these games. The series I am talking about is Dragon Ball, specifically Dragon Ball Z. And there are two characters that can immediately come to mind when I think about Rivals, because in the 90s, when I was a teenager, I loved this show. And Goku, Anime. the main character, had two primary rivals during the era of the show that I watched. That is Vegeta and Piccolo. The green guy. Yes, Piccolo the green guy. And so, from the Game Boy Advance game, Dragon Ball Z Supersonic Warriors, developed by Kavia and Arc System Works their second appearance on the show today, and published in North America by Atari, and in Japan by Banpresto, and in Europe by Bandai. This is Powerful Rivals, the theme for both Vegeta and Piccolo. And that was Powerful Rivals, the theme of Vegeta and Piccolo, from Dragon Ball Z Supersonic Warriors. And as far as I could find, that was composed by Kinosuke Suimura, according to snesmusic.org. That's S-N-E-S-music.org. That is up for some debate. He is credited for the music on the sequel, Supersonic Warriors 2, but I could not corroborate his credit on this game with any other source besides snesmusic.org. But, um... 
<laughs> the song is good enough as it is. I don't really care too much whether it was specifically recorded by him. What do you think about this one? Mm, anime. Yep, very much. It actually sounds a lot like this uh, Power Rangers game on the SNES that I had back in the day. Anime. I feel like the first half is kind of a good Vegeta theme. It's just sort of this wild, savage theme. And then the second part is actually, it kind of reflects the nobility of Piccolo. Which is funny, because Vegeta is actually a prince, but but he's also like this total edgelord. Like, no, Kakarot! I will be the best! Ah! <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. But uh, Dragon Ball Z isn't really your anime, is it? Nope, I watched Naruto. <laughs> well, I um, I don't have the boldness at my age to get into anything as long or as deep as like Naruto and Bleach and One Piece. <laughs> or really any of this other stuff. I may eventually get into Cowboy Bebop. A lot of people have recommended that to me who know my sensibilities. It's kind of like a western in space type thing. So maybe you and I can catch that sometime. It's only a couple of seasons. But yeah, man, I, I just, I love this track. It's so like classic, kind of Capcom, but also definitely some Bandai influence in there. Um, it doesn't really sound like anything else I know of from Arc System Works, but I know that they have been heavily involved with all the Dragon Ball games for a while. So uh, the most recent ones, I think, were, were developed by them. I know that Dragon Ball Fighters he was. For me, when I have to tell somebody, like, when, when I was first thinking about this episode, Vegeta honestly was maybe the first character to pop into my head, besides the Black Knight from Shovel Knight, because, like, he is the archetype of the rival. He and Goku specifically make each other better just by each of them continuing to try to fight to be the best. Especially like Naruto for and Sasuke. Especially for Vegeta. Like, Vegeta's main drive is to be better than Goku. <laughs> but I think, at least up to the point where I've watched, they, they really are, they, they are friends as much as they are rivals these days. Okay, well, we're starting to wind down tonight. I think that you just have two more tracks left. And uh, unless I'm mistaken, they're both pretty major tracks in the, the pantheon of gaming rivals. So what are you going to play for us next? I have Dark Pit's theme from Kidacris Uprising, released in 2012 for the 3DS by Nintendo. And it was made by Masahiro Sakurai. Yes. And it was composed by Motoi Sakuraba. Dark Pits theme from Kid Icarus Uprising, released in 2012 for the 3DS by Nintendo and Mr. Sakurai, and composed 
Well, this one was composed by Motoi Sakuraba. And as we've talked about in other episodes, there are lots of really, really high-dollar composers on this one. <laughs> Yuzoka Shiro, of course, Motoi Sakuraba, uh, Noriyuki Iwadare. Uh, wasn't, uh, didn't Shimomura compose on this? Uh, Yoko Shimomura. Was that, uh, no, we talked about that last yeah, time. Yeah, that was Blade, Which also involved Yasunori Mitsuda, who was the other composer I was going to mention for Kid Icarus Uprising. Mm. And who I wonder if he performed the guitar on this. I know that he plays a lot of stringed instruments, um, and he's really pretty good from what I've seen. But I love this song so much. It's got uh, kind of this Spanish flavor to it, um, which has been commented on before. It's very different from, I think, almost anything else on the soundtrack but it's really, really good. Um, it's also pretty short, which, uh, like a couple of other ones that we picked, which is why we get to play you all seven songs tonight, in addition hey. to our play-in and play-out. And let me see. Um, I really also like this song a lot because it reminds me of your grandpa, who plays the guitar, and the acoustic guitar especially is what I, I heard him play a lot. When I've I was composed up. three pieces with acoustic guitar. It's definitely a unique sound. Um, what three pieces did you compose with acoustic guitar? Um, my first battle theme, third town theme, and fourth city theme. Okay, and you guys can all check those compositions out on flat.io. Uh, look up, uh, hold on, Lloyd Irving first smash? Yes. <laughs> At least until Lloyd gets into smash. So that may be his username for quite a while. So let me see what I'm going to do next. Well, I know what your playout track is going to be, so I think I'm going to save this song for my last one. Which means for my next one. Actually, the song that made me think of doing this episode in the first place. When I heard it played on the Super Marcado Bros episode, focusing on the music from The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Composed by either Hajime Wakai, Shiho Fuji, Mahito Yokota, or Takeshi Hama, this is... One of many themes composed for the character of Groose, who we'll talk about a little more when we come back. Skyward Sword was published by, of course, Nintendo in 2011 for the Wii. This particular song is the main theme for Groose, because I couldn't really settle on one of the other ones. I thought this one fit pretty well. So, here it is. Thank you. 
that was Groose's theme from The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, composed by one of these fine people, Hajime Wakai, Shiho Fuji, Mahito Yokota, or Takeshi Hama, all of whom I could talk about quite a bit, They, um, especially the first three. I don't know too much about Takeshi Hama, but I know I've heard that name before. But uh, Wakai and Fuji and Yokota have all been Nintendo stalwarts for the last ten years or so. Very, very good composers in their own right. But I was asking Shukapau, as we listened to the song, what kind of character he pictured. Because while this isn't really the type of song I would like listen to for pleasure on loop over and over again, it's very good music, and it's very intentionally composed music. It's incredibly evocative, and for someone who has played the game especially, it is perfect for the character of Groose. While I talk a little bit about who Groose is, um, I want Shukapau to look up a picture of him and see if he looks anything like he thought he would based on the music. According to Fee, who is your Navi in this game, the spirit of your sword, Groose is a somewhat vain and stubborn individual, but pure of heart. He is initially jealous of Link's closeness to Zelda, but he ends up an important part of the story. I will not spoil that because it is one of the coolest character evolutions in gaming. It makes Bruce one of my top five, maybe my top three Zelda-like side characters. Yeah, uh, really, I watched really cool. a Funny Nintendo Moments video and uh, this guy was uh, in one of them. Okay, so now you've seen him. Uh, Do you think the music fits him? Yes. (laughs) Uh, Does he look very much like the character that you pictured? Um, uh, not that much. Not that much, yeah. You said something about the Hello Neighbor guy. But they're both tall, they got that kind of long, you know, bean-shaped head-looking thing going on. Beans. Um, (laughs) Bruce is, um, though also, I kind of thought that Bruce was called that because it sounds like Grouse, and a lot of the characters in Skyloft are named after birds. I think that actually he was originally in like his prototype form was called Bruce, and then they added Goose onto that, and so he became Bruce, like Bruce the Goose. <laughs> so, but yeah, Bruce is one of my favorite characters in Zelda games. You also commented on the instrumentation here. What was the instrument that really stuck out to you? Uh, like a horn sound that I uh, we think is a euphonium. Yeah, it sounded to me kind of like a French horn. Definitely low brass. It's too low to be a French horn, but I think it's too high to be a tuba. But definitely that main horn sound. And what game did you say this really made you think of? Um, Banjo-Kazooie. At the introduction, you mentioned one other game. Oh, Mother 3. But then it definitely settled into something that sounded like Banjo-Kazooie. So uh, I could definitely hear this being composed by Grant Kirkhope. But we are going to go from the skies up even higher into space for your last main pick of the night. What have you got for us? I have Star Wolf's theme from Star Fox Assault, released in 2005 for the Nintendo GameCube. Assault is not the one that you actually picked for us to play. It's the one that I said I would have picked because it's my favorite rendition of it. It actually would pair pretty well with um, Dark Pit's theme. But after listening to all of them, you actually settled on the one from Star Fox Zero, because you said it sounded really epic. All right, and that was, um... (laughs) Shukapau now has to look up the the composition information, because we had Star Fox Assault ready. (laughs) Sorry, bud. But it's okay. With the the magic of editing, we can jump ahead. So it doesn't matter how long this takes you. All right, that was actually released in 2016. The composer was Ray Kondo, but uh, the composer I have is Koji Kondo. No relation. <laughs> but yes, Koji Kondo, I believe, composed the original Star Wolf theme. 
Raikondo does uh, quite a bit of both new composition and arranged composition for classic composers. I think he's actually arranged Koji Kondo more than a couple of times. Platform was Wii U, and it was Stone Nintendo. Okay, that was Star Wolf's theme from Star Fox Zero, released in 2016 for the Wii U by Nintendo and composed by Ray Kondo. Holy cow. Uh, I don't know if Assault is my favorite Star Wolf theme anymore. That was so good. My favorite musical moment of the entire night was around the 50 second mark when those strings kicked in. And that's Star Wolf. Da 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 da. Where that just got subverted and went in a totally different direction, and then the instrumentation just opened up. And oh, this is so good. This is almost too epic for Star Wolf. Um, but the game. I think the game was so widely panned when it came out, Star Fox Zero, that not a whole lot of attention has been paid to the soundtrack itself. But I'm gonna have to listen to more of this. Very good. So, why this theme? Because it's a rival theme. And why don't you read from the little thing that I looked up to explain why Star Wolf counts as a rival when characters like Bowser and uh, Sephiroth don't? Because he really seems like more of an enemy. Okay, well, this is more about, like, Star Fox Assault because... <laughs> well, I have, I, but I asked why Wolf, as a character, fits on the rival list. Well, so yeah. this, is, this, like, talks about Wolf over his whole arc. Because he does start out as just, you know, a guy who Andros hires to find and kill right. Fox. Yeah. Um, well, nine years after the events of Star Fox 64, Wolf reappeared in Star Fox Assault. When Star Fox went looking for Pigma Denger, who stole a valuable item earlier in the game, Star Wolf proceeded to face Star Fox in a dogfight over what Wolf presumed to be an invasion of his territory. Upon being defeated, Wolf called off their dogfight, but would later arrive on Corneria to save Fox McCloud from an alien threat. 
Although Wolf said the only reason for doing this was so he could defeat Fox himself, Wolf's advice and grudging respect toward Fox nevertheless signaled his transition into an honorable, albeit still unlawful, anti-hero. From Wikipedia. Alright, so after the events of Assault, um, Wolf is more of an anti-hero than a villain. And uh, the Star Fox timeline is so weird and messed up, um, because Star Fox 64 was technically the same story as Star Fox, but just rebooted. Star Fox Zero rebooted it again, so I don't really know how it all fits together. It's all very weird, kind of interesting from what I've looked into it, and definitely not as crazy as some of the other ones we've looked up, like or we've listened to tonight, like Guilty Gear and um, Kingdom Hearts. But it is kind of a, a convoluted story. But yeah, this one is this one was really, really good. Okay, everyone, for my last pick of the night, we are going to go to a game that a lot of people have fond memories of. I actually don't too much. I knew this game as Mega Man 64, and I played it at a friend's house. But um, in other places and on other systems, it was called Mega Man Legends. This was released for PlayStation and PC in 1997. Like all the other Mega Man games, it was published by Capcom, and it was composed by Makoto Tomozawa. The song, as some of you may have guessed, since this is a rival episode, is The Three Bon Siblings. And that was We Are the Three Bond Siblings, originally translated as We Are the Three Bond Brothers, but changed on later translations because one of those brothers is actually a sister, and is the reason that I picked this particular song. 
So throughout the Legends series, a character called Tron Bon begins to develop a crush on Mega Man Volnut, who is the Mega Man of Mega Man Legends. Because of her inexperience in the ways of love, she doesn't understand her feelings toward him, and even though they are enemies, she has gone to great lengths to try convincing him to join her. Due to this, she has a rivalry of sorts with Roll Casket. Now, in this Mega Man series, Roll is not Mega Man's sister. She and her dad, Mr. Casket, kind of adopt Mega Man Volnut, but she still has like a crush on him or something. I don't know. It's weird. I don't know this series very much. It has a really big cult following, and a lot of people want a Legends 3 because Legends 2 ended on quite a bit of a cliffhanger. The two of them, Tronbon and Roll, are still willing to work together to help Mega Man. That is from the Mega Man knowledge base, except for my kind of tangent in the middle. But none of that really tells us anything about the music. What did you think of it? Well, it does sound very, I guess, modern Mega Man. Yeah, it definitely doesn't sound like classic Mega Man. I don't think the difference is necessarily as stark in, um, as like classic to modern Sonic. Bubbles, bubbles. <laughs> but um, it was still good. And you said it yet again. It reminded you of uh, Mother Three. It's um, but it's this has got a um, it's got a nice little beat to it, dude. It's, it's definitely a, a memorable, memorable sound. Um, you just made that noise. Uh, do you know what instruments that is? All of them. Ba, 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 ba. Uh, yeah, it's all of them. That is what is called an orchestra hits, and uh, or an orc hit for short. It was really popular in um, Konami titles in the arcade and on the SNES, but it was used by other companies, and now Capcom is using it here on this DS game. And that was my last pick for the night, but before we move into the closeout and hear what your last song is going to be, I have a little surprise for you, as well as a little surprise for our listeners. Uh, I forgot to mention on your last two tracks, but uh, Dark Pit was also recommended to us by listener Stephen Kelly, who is also a fellow Texan, and uh, the Star Wolf theme was referred to us by Inspector Spectre of the Super Mercado fan base. We got a lot of responses to this, and I wanted to give a little bit of a shout-out to all of the great people who recommended songs to us. So I'm going to play little snippets of several songs that were referred to us by our listeners, and um, we're going to do that in sort of a kind of a, a lightning round here at the end of the episode. So without further ado, here is that bonus segment. First, from Stephen Kelly of Whales or Whales, Train Station at 8, and the Overclocked Podcast. This is Rival Encounter from the Pokemon trading card game for the Game Boy. Stephen says, here's some deep dive Pokemon for you. This happens to be my favorite Game Boy soundtrack, and the Rival theme does not disappoint. Composed by Ichiro Shimakura, this is Rival Encounter. Next, from Dan Lawton of the Village Persons Podcast. 
Dan says, A recent obsession of mine became contra-hardcore, as you know. So what better way to fit the rival theme than sharing my obsession? Dead-Eye Joe becomes a rival that's thrust upon you, and this is one of the themes that's played during the pinnacle of the rivalry. Contra Hardcore was composed by Hiroshi Kobayashi. Secondary composers were Machiru Yamane, Akira Yamaoka, Hirofumi Taniguchi, and Akihara. This is GTR Attack. Next, from Inspector Spectre of the Super Mercado fam. He says, Chrono Cross has a great set of rivals in the Acacia Dragoons. They're three quirky, bad warriors who spend half the game pursuing you until an unexpected twist brings them to your side. I love their theme song, so swashbuckling and fun. By Asanori Mitsuda, this is Dragon Rider. Ben the Dyad Dishman of the Dyad Presents a VGM Podcast writes in, This is a fantastic topic. I've been thinking about it some, and I won't restrict my selections to games with good music, simply my favorite rivals. Maybe not a 100% official and proper rival, but Ms. Mouse from Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door is also pretty great. She basically keeps getting to treasure before the heroes and sneaking off with it. She's got a heart-shaped tail and blows kisses. She's wonderful. Thousand Year Door was composed by Yoshito Hirano and Yuka Sujioko. Well, Ben, you've got great taste in music, so I'm happy to share this, and I think it sounds like she fits the bill pretty well. From Thousand Year Door, here is The Thievery of Ms. Mouse. One of my favorite fellow VGM podcast fans and fellow father of five, Utopia Nemo, writes in, I had a suggestion for a Rivals track. It's Hey, It's Your Turn from Landstalker. It's the first and only track that came to mind, most likely because I was listening to the OST a few days ago. The track plays whenever these bumbling foes show up. They're kind of like Team Rocket from the Pokemon cartoon. It's not the best track on the OST by any stretch of the imagination, but it accurately personified their heelish nature. Landstalker was composed by Motowaki Takanuchi, and this is Hey, It's Your Turn.
Finally, I have a couple of submissions from one of my best friends, Jeff Wilson, who I've already mentioned once on the show. Jeff has been talking to me for as long as I've been talking to him about VGM, about the Rocket Knight Adventure soundtrack from the Sega Genesis, which was one of his favorites when he was younger. He said he finally found the Rocket Knight Adventure's final rival theme for Axel Gear. This is Stage 7, Pig Star, by Akihara. Jeff also submitted another rival track from a fighting game. This one is from Blaze Blue Calamity Trigger. And Jeff writes, Rognine Jen and Blaze Blue have dedicated fight themes too. Some of them sound pretty rad. This score was composed by Daisuke Ishiwatari. The title of the song is Under Heaven Destruction. Those were the listener picks for our Rivals, Rogues, and Frenemies episode. Well, Shukapow, what did you think? They were pretty good. The last one kind of sounded like Xenoblade. Yeah, it did. And, man, that was a lot of fun to put together. Um, I think I could almost do a podcast just kind of based on requests from people for, like, big topics and stuff. That was a lot of fun. And there was some really good stuff in there. Shout out to all my friends who gave us suggestions. Um, did you have a favorite of those? Not really. Yeah, I didn't really either. I, I kind of I kind of liked them all. I can't really single out a specific one. Uh, did you have a favorite track of the night? Hmm. Um. I guess my favorite track is the one that I'm about to play as the playout track. Okay. Well, we'll get to that in just a second. I think that my favorite track of the night, uh, up until the and there, um, it was probably going to either be Vegeta and Piccolo's theme, or honestly, the rival, the one I played in with. I love Jake Kaufman's soundtrack for Shovel Knight. But then but Star Fox then, Zero comes along. Man, Star Fox Zero. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't. That, that, that was my pick for, for the entire night. It was so good. But before we go, one last piece of business. Shoot, Kapow. Since I chose tonight's topic, that means you get to pick our topic for next week. So. What did you have in mind? I have some victory themes after our rival fights. Okay, well that, that makes some sense. That sounds pretty good. Tell me a little more about what do you mean by victory themes. Well, not like fanfares like most of the Smash Bros. victory things are. like uh, More like full length. Yeah. Themes. Okay, so... So more of that than... Yeah, but if it has, like, a fanfare at the beginning, then we include that. Yeah, that'd be pretty sounds better with that. Does it have to be from, like, an RPG? Like a battle theme? Well, I mean... Battle victory theme, or... 
Could it be like a goal from a racing theme or like the winning records from a sports game or something? That might open it up to some variety. I mean, like anything that's anything that's a victory theme that you can feasibly like extend, then okay. Is there anything I could rationalize as a victory theme? Yeah, and not and just a victory long, theme, and it's long enough to play, and that of course is what very good music. Of course, the name of our show. And I also already have everything picked out and researched. You do. Okay, well, I guess I have some catching up to do. Well, we'll see if the next one takes as long to come out as this one did. But either way, sounds like uh, our listeners have some more good music in store, and you guys can send your recommendations for victory themes to verygoodmusicvgm at gmail.com. But all right, um, so my last song of the night was from Mega Man Legends. And I already kind of teased that your closeout track for us was related to that somewhat. Before I go, um, I am Bedroth, and you can find me on uh, different social media platforms, most likely, once this um, drops in, well, um, several months. To those of you who are hearing it in the beta season, thanks again for all of the feedback and for listening to us. We both really enjoy making the show, and we're glad that other people enjoy listening to it. For now, you can find me at vgmverygoodmusic at gmail.com or on YouTube at verygoodmusicvgm. As I mentioned before, you can find Shukapow on flat.io as Lloyd Irving for Smash. Feel free to email us your comments and questions and topic suggestions, and we look forward to hearing from you as we continue recording our little show. All right, son, what do you have for us to close out this lovely evening of rivalry? All right, I have Proto Man from Mega Man 3, released in 1990 for the SNES by Capcom. And this game was composed by Yasuaki Fujita and Harumi Fujita, no relation. And this is actually a blues remix by Reflexes on YouTube. And tell us a little bit about what you know of Proto Man and his character. Proto Man was a prototype robot developed by Dr. Light. After his completion, a critical problem was found in his energy core, and he fled Dr. Light's care to die alone, but was then recovered by Dr. Wily and converted into a fighting machine. Since then, he's been both friend and foe to Mega Man, and always something of a lone wolf. This was from the Super Smash Bros. for Wii U trophy description. And do you know why this remix being called Proto Man Blues is meaningful? Well, yeah. Why? Well, because he's, well, like, something of a lone wolf. Do you know what Mega Man's real name is? Uh, Rock Man? Yeah, Rock Man, or just Rock. When he was a service robot, like his sister Roll, he was just called Rock. So they were Rock and Roll. Yeah. Proto Man's original name was Blues. Because Dr. Mm. Light liked music. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, um, blues and rock are technically brothers, uh, is what that means. And you know that brotherhood can sometimes lead to the biggest of rivalries. Uh, Probably not with you and Lemon Boy, because he's so much younger. (laughs) (laughs) And do you know what we thought Proto Man's name was when he first appeared in Mega Man 3? Ah, I knew this one. I heard it on, um, I think, Pixel Tunes Radio a while ago. It also starts with a B. Uh... Uh, Breakman. Breakman, yes. Okay. <laughs> yep, it was Breakman. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great whatever time of day it is for you. <laughs> and enjoy Proto Man Blues by Reflexes. Say goodnight, Chukapow. Bye.
I'm pretty sure that both... Oh, I already mentioned that. I'm going to delete these parts. <laughs> I'm putting the blooper reel. Okay. Yeah, I guess there isn't much blooperiness going on today, but enjoy the blooper reel, guys. <laughs> um... Released in 2000... <laughs> okay. Alright. <laughs> it's my turn. Noises. Yeah, you make wonderful noises. Definitely well, ASMR right there. <laughs> Paper. Hey, your your keys are like showing up in the recording. So just hold on. We can do it while we record while we play. Gonna edit out the that drink of water there. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot talk. Bye. What was his name again? Um, Something Otani. Tomoya Otani. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, awkwardness. And Jeff writes, the main character is a bad guy. No, that's not what Jeff writes. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> He is Bowser's main antagonist, so he couldn't Bowser's really be the main protagonist of um, many of the earlier Kirby games. You mean main antagonist? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the boldness at my age. Russian gun! Oh my goodness, how do I do these things? <laughs> A black wind howls. <laughs> I've been waiting for this moment. Dark matter!